we have looked from uh, we have looked for, about people from the Bible which we know little about. Uh, these individuals in the Bible are are only included in just a few chapters, and then we don't really hear anything uh, from them again. Today, I elected to go with uh, an individual who encountered Christ, uh, who really he doesn't have a name. Uh, he's just called the blind man, but he encountered Christ, and whose story gives us an understanding of suffering in life, how God's assurance is present through them, and how God can use, and how God can use us through our own sufferings and those we see around us. The scripture this morning is found in John chapter nine, verse one through thirty-four, and it reads. As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with his saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the men went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am that man. How then were your eyes open, they demanded. He replied, the man they called called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it now that he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered. And we know he was born blind. But how he can see, or whom opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. This was why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind, Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. 
One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as far as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. This is word of the God. This is word of God for the people of God. The scriptures begin as Jesus passes by a man who was born blind from birth. The disciples ask a question common to Jesus' day, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? We ask that same question today. Why do bad things happen to innocent people? Why were people killed recently in school shootings or in natural disasters around the world? Why are some babies born with birth defects? Why does cancer strike some and not others? The reality is there is no easy way to answer these questions. But clarity and comfort and peace can be found through relationship with Jesus. In response to the disciples' question, Jesus told his disciples, Neither did this man sin, nor his parents, but that the works of God might be revealed in him. Now that's not to say that God caused it, but it is to say that God can use the tragic circumstances of our lives to strengthen us and bless others, if we're willing. You see, when it comes to suffering, we should not be focused with assigning blame. Rather, our mindset should be on how God's grace can manifest itself through this difficult time. We can never outrun suffering in this life. Part of living is experiencing pain and suffering. Jesus' statement touches on the theme of suffering. There is a sense in which every aspect of our lives including our own suffering, is an occasion of the demonstration of God's glory and His purposes. We experience suffering through many different ways outlined in the Scriptures. One is suffering through the test of our faith. We see many examples of this, both in Abraham and in Job. They each experience a test of their faith. Suffering also comes to us for the purpose of improvement, as outlined in Hebrews 12, 5-8, God disciplines those He loves. We are encouraged to endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as His children. And what father does not discipline his own children? Suffering also comes to show God's glory, like here in this story, or in the resurrection of Lazarus. Another form of story 
another form of suffering comes from bearing witness to Christ, illustrated by what happened to the twelve disciples, and even today in countries where Christians are persecuted for their beliefs. The last form of suffering comes to us as punishment or consequence of our sin. Jesus says in John 5:14 to a man he had healed after being sick for 38 years. He says, "See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you." This suffering comes in the form of consequences of the choices that we make out of our own free will. Through any form of suffering we experience, we can always find comfort in God's assurance through our sufferings. See, suffering is, connecting, is connected to sin, at least generally, if not always directly. But the present passage develops this connection further. Our sufferings are opportunities for God's grace. If our suffering is indeed a punishment or consequence of sin, then it becomes a chance for us to repent, and we are made aware of God's grace as we are restored to fellowship with Him. If our suffering is not a direct consequence of our sin, then it is something that God allows to happen in our lives, usually for reasons beyond our knowing, which nevertheless can help us die to our old self and find our true life in God. God does not allow, God does not allow anything to enter our life that is not able to glorify Him by drawing us into deeper intimacy with Him and revealing His glory. When we cling to our old self and our own comfort, we are led to resentment and bitterness. When we trust in God's goodness and in His will, we are able to find comfort in God Himself and not in our own circumstances. As a result, we can genuinely give thanks in all circumstances. Now I'm not trying to say that misfortune and evil are God's will, but they are a part of what it takes to live with Him in this mess we have made through our rebellion against Him. We need to understand that our rebellion against God, to disobey Him and to cling to our fleshly desires outlined in Galatians 5, whether it be sexual morality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. This way of living has brought disorder to every aspect of our existence since the beginning, since Adam and Eve. See, in the way back to Him, the way back to, re- to restoring our relationship with Him, the way back to the peace and order of His kingdom leads through suffering, as Jesus makes so clear on the cross. God uses Jesus' suffering of His life. Hmm. Forgive me. God uses Jesus' suffering To welcome us, so I knew it wasn't right, it was, it was not clicking, that's not my words. Um, God uses Jesus' suffering to welcome us into relationship with Him once again, 
By building a bridge of peace and of hope and of love to a world enveloped in turmoil, despair and hate. So we should not deny or avoid the reality of our suffering. But we should ask God to use it to further His purposes in us and through us. We also have to under. We also have to come to an understanding outlined in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Although we cannot begin to comprehend some of the suffering we experience, God's assurance is this. His grace is able to bring good from every situation and event. Romans 8.28 says that God works for the good of those who love Him. On our best days, we are never beyond the need of God's grace. And on our worst days, we are never out of the reach of His grace. In this story, the blind man experiences God's grace through Jesus And the light He has shown him, both physically and spiritually. Because of his suffering, God's grace was revealed, which caused others to believe. Because of our sufferings, we can help others with the truths we learn in this way. And reflect on the Lord. And reflect on the ways the Lord might display His works in us, in the midst of the suffering around us. In verses 13 through 34, the Pharisees were trying to find fault in Jesus and his actions. They were questioning this blind man and his family. They asked him, what what is the truth about this man, Jesus? Because they believed him to be a sinner. In his first response in verse 17, the blind man said, he is a prophet. When asked again, he replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Although the man didn't have complete knowledge about Jesus, he believed that Jesus could make a difference. He made a difference in his life. To this man, Jesus made that difference. And this truth still holds true today. Today, Jesus still makes a difference in lives. When this man learned the truth about who Jesus really was, he believed. His faith progressed from believing the word about Jesus, to believing that Jesus can make a difference, to believing in the person who Jesus Christ is, and the salvation and grace He offers, that He is my Lord and He is my Savior. As Jesus came to this man's aid in His suffering, we can do the same for others. One way we can do this is to offer truths and life lessons to others we have learned through our suffering. Collectively in this sanctuary, there is so much wisdom to be shared and to be offered that can be used to teach others, to correct others, and to train others in righteousness. We are people who thrive on support and encouragement from those around us. We connect with people who understand And have faced similar pain and sufferings in this life. Here in this place, God has given each of us to each other. In order for us to build one another up. 
and share in the burdens of this life. Now I want to emphasize the word share. Understand that we are not meant to carry one another's burdens. Only lighten the load. God is the one who will give us the strength to endure and overcome all of life's sufferings. Because of the difference Jesus has made in our lives when we suffered, we are able to impact others by bringing comfort and peace to those facing similar experiences. Another way God can use us is filling a need in the sufferings of others. Jesus took an opportunity to show God's grace and His glory by coming to the need of a man who had been cast out, a blind man, a beggar. This man was blind, but now he can see. Now, we may not be able to give sight to the blind, but we can certainly give food to those who are hungry, clothes to those who have none, or help others in times of their financial need. We have been given so many resources from our time, our money, our body, our minds. These only scratch the, sur- the surface of the service of what we can give to others. If we could only just take the time and look around us and see the need. When we choose to step out to fill a need in someone's life, this gives an opportunity to point to Jesus And the reason why we show love and grace. We should be excited. We should be looking for ways to show comfort, to show peace, to ease each other's sufferings. Steve made a comment about um, uh, little Christopher always running to give his gift, to give the gift and the offering plate. That's how we should be. And offering our gifts, whether it be our time or our money, our bodies, our energy, there's so many ways for us to give, but we should be looking and excited to give of ourselves. There is a song by Matthew West called Do Something that brings a great perspective into our role in suffering in this world. I want to read you the first, ver- uh, the first verse in the chorus, and it goes like this. I woke up this morning, and I saw a world full of trouble now. I thought, how did we ever get so far down? How is it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven, and I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven and said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. I created you. If not us, then who? If not me and you? Right now, it's time for us to do something. If not now, then when? Will we see an end to all this pain? It's not enough to do nothing. It's time for us to do something. This morning's story about a blind man who can now see. A blind man whose suffering was meant to show God's glory and His grace.
I hope this brings encouragement to your walk and your life. We cannot escape suffering or pretend to understand why it happens. But we can endure and hope to overcome through the help of others and the strength that God gives us. Jesus made the difference in this, in this man's life in fulfilling his need physically and spiritually. If Jesus had, has made a difference in your life, go and ease the suffering of the world one person at a time. We can help the sufferings of those around us if we are willing to share our own life experiences and the resources that God has given us to go and to look for a need, to feel it, fill that need. It's not enough to do nothing. It's time for us to do something. Amen.